Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from 1 Kings chapter 17. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. This is God's word. There is, you know, the lectionary where we get our calendar of readings, um, it's, it's made by men. It's not divinely inspired. It's not as though the Holy Spirit has determined which readings must be read on which Sunday. But there is sort of a divine irony, in my opinion, that we have a reading with a dead child. And that reading comes as we are in the midst of being a community torn apart by whether or not to mask our children when they go to school. That's not a discussion for this morning, for this sermon, or this moment. But what is appropriate for us to discuss is death. Because I will maintain that that is the reason we are here. It's the reason we exist as the church because Christians recognize that we are locked in a struggle with death, not just from the moment we're born, but as scripture would teach us, from the moment we are conceived, we are dying. And it's an equalizer, isn't it? It comes for all of us. For some, long after many, many years in life. For others, tragically short. And the rest, somewhere in the middle. But, it is our reality. You know, the saying goes that the two certainties in life are death and taxes. Although, judging by the fact that if you have a really good accountant... You can get out of paying pretty much any tax. Maybe the only certainty is death. That's what we as the church understand. And that's what the rest of the world is catching up with, I think. You look at this poor widow of Zarephath. And look at her malady. Look at what she's going through. In last week's reading, those of you who were here last week, we heard about this widow starving to death earlier in chapter 17. And now she has a dead son. Really, what she's been dealing with all along is death. It's a time of plague and drought and famine in Israel. She has no food. She's ready to make the last meal for her and her son. And then they're going to just die because they have nothing else. There seems to be no hope. Here comes a prophet with a word from the Lord. A word that is fulfilled. And their flour never runs out. Their jug of oil is never empty. And they know they will have enough food to make it through the drought. And then we read in the beginning of our reading. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. 
death, miracle, and then death again. And so it goes. Death is our enemy. And that has always been the case. It's a battle with which we are engaged every moment of our life. I've often heard the example used that the church is to be like a hospital. And I've always loved that, that image. The idea that we come to receive treatment, care, cure for our, for our sins, right? The, the healing blood of Jesus Christ. But I heard another pastor once say that maybe we ought to learn to think of the church more like hospice. where we are coming to prepare for death. You know, the church has spoken that way in the past, reminded of Martin Luther, who talked about baptism being the beginning of a blessed death. Or Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who famously said in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, that when Christ bids a man follow him, He bids him come and die. With death all around us, and really, I mean, every malady that woman in Zarephath encountered, and every malady that you and I encounter, we can chalk it up to death. Which has its roots, of course, in the sin of Adam and Eve. And there, we find this widow in our reading, teaching us something about how we, the people of God, are to live in the face of death. She says to Elijah, the prophet of God, living under her roof, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. In her mind... It's quite possible that Elijah's presence there is what brought death to her son. But she says this with certainty. You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance. And that is what Christians do in the face of death. They are reminded that they are sinners. You and I are sinners. One and alike. For if we were not, we would not be facing death. We would not be grieving the loss of loved ones. We would not be struggling and fighting over how to react to COVID. We would not be grieving over this thing or that thing. We would not be encountering the struggles which we spoke about last week. Of how to eat, how to pay for your house, how to fix your repairs that need to be done. How to take care of your car, all the other problems that come upon us day in and day out. Sin and death, that's what it all is. Death brings to mind the fact that we are sinners. And perhaps the thing we have struggled with so much is that death brings to mind that we are not in control. That's what sin has done. It has put us outside God's will. It puts us outside 
his ordering of things. And so Elijah the prophet prays that God would work there in the midst of death and sinfulness and loss and grief. He says, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. Death brings to mind our sinfulness. But death also gives opportunity for God to show his power. There cannot be resurrection if there is not death first. And we, dear Christians, don't we know, don't we believe that the greatest gift there is, is resurrection? That those who die in the Lord will not remain dead? That which is sown perishable, St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, is raised imperishable. It was intentional that we began our service this morning with an Easter hymn. Because Easter is our hope, our joy, and our song, not just in the beginning of spring, but here at the tail end of summer, and in every day in between, and in every season of life, in every moment, when we are confronted by death, in every moment, Jesus Christ our Lord remains risen from the dead. He has gone to the cross of Good Friday for your sin. But thanks be to God, he has not remained dead. Death is where God shows his power. When Jesus raised a widow's son in our Holy Gospel, He did so by means of his word. Elijah, likewise, by word, raised the widow of Zarephath's son. And that widow said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Death reminds us of our sinfulness. Death gives God opportunity to show his power. And death gives us, the Christian, the chance to confess faith in God's powerful, true word. Because the same word that was truth in the mouth of Elijah is the same word that is in your mouth. It's the same word that you eat and drink before this altar this morning. It is the same word 
that speaks to us and comforts us with the truth that yes, death is our enemy, but that enemy has been broken. Oh, death, where is your power? Where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? We read in Isaiah and St. Paul quotes in that great chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, the good news that Jesus lives. And the victory is won. I think we are all probably wise enough at this point to realize that the things that break us and divide us as a society, they're probably going to get worse. Thanks be to God they've not crept into our congregation at this point, but they could. Let us pray fervently that they don't, but let us all the more remain united around this, this truth, that Christ has overcome death. Christ gives us reason to be bold and hopeful that God works even through death. Let us be reminded that the worst thing in the world, the worst thing that could ever happen, is not that we die. Because we will, all of us. The worst thing that could happen is that we die apart from Christ. Apart from his promise, apart from his love that never runs out. So dear friends in Jesus, hold to this word of truth. The one that Elijah spoke. The one that Jesus spoke that brought life to the dead son of a widow. Hold to this word which gives you life this very day. Life that death, nor sin, nor the devil can ever, ever take away from you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with our offertory on page 192 of your hymnal. Would you please stand?